Welcome to the Lila Life Show. I'm Linda Tate Andrews, your host, Thrive Coach and Consultant, bringing you curious conversations with our peers and experts on integrating consciousness into the modern world. Tune in regularly to expand. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Lila Life Show. I'm your host, Linda Tate, and I'm here for a special episode of our show today, Integrating Consciousness into the Modern World with our guest, Lindsay, who is here as the Moss Boss. She is CEO, founder of Green Wallscapes, based here in West Palm Beach, Florida, and you can read all about her in the show notes. And we're excited to dive deep into our conversation around consciousness in the modern world and how you integrate that every day. I love it. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're so lucky and happy to be here just like me. (laughs) We are so lucky. It is 85 degrees outside and it's February. So the wind is blowing, the sun is shining, the living's easy. Uh, So I want to first ask you as we dive in, what does that mean to you, integrating consciousness into the modern world? So I think you have to start and you have to think about like what consciousness is. Consciousness is everything. It's sort of like an unmanifested reality that, you know, we're, first of all, we're given a consciousness Mm -hmm. and we can raise it and grow it and things like that through meditation, through yoga, through different practices and things like that. Um, And then, and then also consciousness is all that there is. And so if consciousness is all there is, then we've got to get as much of it into our physiology and into our bodies as we can so that we can express ourselves in the world. Um, And as you grow your consciousness and you align it with things like, you know, what's going on in the environment where you live, as well as with the relationships that you have with, um, you know, just the people you surround yourself with, with, um, and I'm trying to think like exactly where I want to go with this. Maybe my consciousness needs (laughs) some downloading and processing time, but I think it's like bringing, you know, it's bringing some idea or some thought into, and this is the most simple terms, into something that you're manifesting and creating. And that can be relationships, that can be business, that can be money, that can be, um, pretty much anything. I mean, it could be even children or whatever else. And so I think it's going from an unmanifest form into a manifest form and using your consciousness in a way to make your dreams a reality. Um, and then being surprised when cool things happen. <laughs> You're like, oh, that worked. Oh, wait, cool. That's really... And I think also thinking about it as play, mm-hmm. right? So instead of taking like everything super seriously all the time, and I think that that's also something that I struggle with as a type A person who wants to control and wants to direct and wants to... Also letting sort of things come through me and being open to that as as like the process Mm -hmm. as opposed to having to like force it into reality. Does that make sense? Yeah. That reminds me of like the idea of masculine and feminine energy and like the masculine be the sort of the force and the feminine be like the receiving and the happening. Uh, That's what triggers in my mind when you say that, but like the mystery and the play in like 
the unplanned, the unexpected, mm -hmm. that can be better than what you ever planned for or calculated. Totally. And then also being open enough to receive it when it shows up, mm -hmm. um, not blocking it when it comes because um, it's not going to ever look the way that you think it's going to look or feel the way that you think it's going to feel. Um, there were times in my life, like I went to a pretty prestigious college, and I remember when I was in seventh grade, they said, Linz, you have to start working now to get into your co the college of your dreams. And I remember just totally being focused on that goal, totally being, you know, and not really happy in sort of my day-to-day -day life, but like really focused on this is where I've got to go, this is where I've got to go, this is where I've got to go. And I got to college and I looked around and I was like, this is it? <laughs> I killed myself for this? Are you kidding me? And I think that there's a lot of things in life that like have that feeling to them. Mm -hmm. And I think it's even more heightened, like we were talking about the internet, now that you can sort of see and be aware of things that you probably would not have been aware of um, or been conscious of even 10 years ago. Because we're just getting bombarded with messages and imaging and 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 stuff is just really, really in our face all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a constant battle to kind of like decide what you're going to let into your conscious mind and what you're going to focus on because... As you become a more conscious person, what you focus on starts really happening and it happens faster and faster and faster. And it's actually really shocking. So you got to be really careful what you allow in also. <laughs> How did you come into the awareness of, of this thought process? So I've been a long time meditator um, and um, have been really, really fortunate to study with some amazing teachers, including Dr. Tony Nader. Um, and he talks a lot about sort of like perception is reality. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, there's if you if you meditate and you practice a long time, then just naturally and organically, you become you're able to perceive things more. Mm -hmm. That's it. And so if your perception is your reality and you have more perception, plus, you know, as you've been alive longer, and it's funny now because I have a business and I work with all people who are like 10 years younger than me and I see myself in them so much. And I'm like, I was you. <laughs> I, I believed that I knew everything. Mm -hmm. And as you get older, your perception changes. You're like, okay, I don't know everything. And that's cool. And like, let's see what we can do and what, what we can create because I don't know everything and I don't need to control everything. And I, I can make what I want to have happen in both like an organic and an inorganic way. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're talking about opening up like your conscious awareness, I think that can be such a limitation to where people don't know what else exists. It's like um, operating in just what you know, mm -hmm. which can be like a limited perception and consciousness. And then once that starts to expand out, all of a sudden you have access to new ideas and then your life starts to look different. And it's like, can keep getting bigger, bigger, bigger. Nothing's really impossible, right? right? But it's like, what do you believe to be true for yourself? Absolutely. And then, and one of the things that I'm always coming up against is my own limited beliefs mm -hmm. because I run up against, and this is especially in my business, like I know business up to a certain point, like before it gets really structural. So like, if you want something sort of scrappy and, you know, like where we're still all kind of like getting it together and trying to get these projects done and that kind of thing. And, and to come out with like an amazing result, mm -hmm. but usually at the expense of my physiology or just being totally exhausted or um, whatever, 
Um, I am also finding that there's other ways of being. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't actually have to do it. And right. you don't have to be worried about it all the time. And you don't have to be like, I mean, I was up on Friday morning at 3 o'clock in the morning, like, do we have enough green moss to get this project done? <laughs> and when I said moss boss, I meant it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's definitely a different way of doing it. And sometimes you need to find teachers who can sort of show you. So I'm really excited. I'm, I'm working um, with a group called, uh, th- with a, like basically a consulting group um, for the, by this guy, Tim, you, excuse me, Tim Uchuk. And he talks about like the perfect week. How do you des- define your perfect and design your perfect week, your perfect team, your perfect this, your perfect that. And a lot of it's systems. I know nothing about systems. I am in like just the scrappy, let's get it done kind of thing. And I realize that if we do, if we take the time, we put the systems in place and we put them in place correctly, then the thing will fly. And then I'm not having to like destroy myself <laughs> to get there. Right? right. Right. And so that's, um, you know, just sort of like, and there's a better way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, sometimes you got to just find people who can, awaken your consciousness to the better way of doing things. Um, Because if someone's made eight figures or 10 figures or something in their business, I'm interested in talking to those people. Like, how do you get from, you know, like a scrappy little startup Mm -hmm. to something that's really amazing and is doing super awesome stuff quickly? Yeah. You know, there's, it's so interesting to think like, I just came into this myself where I was looking at, female entrepreneurs at the higher level, CEOs, like running larger companies and through that startup spectrum into, you know, really high level. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, there's a whole other world that exists, right? Totally. And, and like, those are humans too, Uh you know? They're just like me. Uh Okay. How do I connect some of these thoughts and finding so much comfort in that thought around the expansion of what's possible? Right. Right. And right. like, I think going back to the initial conversation, it's like that's on some level consciousness and the expanding of consciousness and then coming into the, your reality. Well, and then it's consciousness plus action. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's the challenge is that, um, you know, again, being in a, in a, com- a community of meditators, mm-hmm. one of the things that I see is that a lot of times what they'll do is they'll go to certain places mm-hmm. and they'll meditate for like 10 years straight. Mm-hmm. And then they leave that place where everyone's just meditating and they go somewhere else and they make like, $10 million really quickly mm-hmm. because their consciousness, they've been working on expanding their consciousness for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then it's so easy for them to see like the business problem. But if they're in the environment where everyone's just meditating all the time, it's like going to an ashram and trying to have a business in an ashram. Right. You don't do that. Right. You got to go to where, you know, there's an environment that also supports you. Mm-hmm. And then I think that that's something that people aren't necessarily talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the reasons that my husband and I moved back to West Palm from, we lived in Miami and Miami Beach for like five years. And we loved living in Miami. It was so fun and sexy and interesting. And I really learned a different way to make decisions and a different pace and all that kind of stuff. But what I found was that I was so worn out Mm -hmm. and it wasn't a real reality. Like it wasn't, I looked around and I thought, we're not gonna be able to afford a house. It costs $40,000 a year to send your kid to private school and there's no public schools. We don't even have children. And these are the things that I'm thinking about. This is not a life that I, and it takes forever to get everywhere. Mm -hmm. So all that energy would have been spent just trying to survive. Mm -hmm. And instead, like we got to move back to Palm Beach. We got to buy a house because you can actually, things are still affordable here. My life is in like a 10 minute radius. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy the people I'm around. 
And there's an environment that is allowing me to grow and do projects all over the country. And be, you know, and because it's less expensive to do work in Florida versus New York or California, we're able to really thrive and get a lot of work and get, you know, things like done. thrive faster in a way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because there isn't the there isn't the issue of can we afford this? And are there, I mean, just even real estate costs, you know, like being able to afford an apartment, you know, a, a house mm-hmm. or, you know, my team being able to afford to live here, right. you know, be able to pay them a living wage that they can actually live on. I mean, that's important to me that they're not like super stressed out financially. And so, you know, all of those things really make a difference to me because I feel like, you know, you start, you know, the same business in Miami, I'd have to charge 30% more because right. it costs so much more to live there and it's so much more difficult to do things. So that's, that's the environmental piece. So it's like, the consciousness is one aspect, mm-hmm. and the consciousness, like I said, is everything. Um, but then there's also, you know, the sort of on-the-ground, human-earth relative aspect of this, which is action, environment, people you're around, mm-hmm. um, opportunity. Like, you know, what people don't know about me is that I spent 10 years of my life networking. Mm-hmm. I mean, even before that, I mean, more than that, like probably 15 years, but 10 years in this market, going to networking events before work, mm-hmm. after work, da, 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 really trying to connect with people in the architecture community and all that kind of stuff. And now I've been able to parlay that finally mm-hmm. into, you know, something that's starting to really roll. Um, when you mean, when you say not working, what do you mean by that? Like you said, you spent 10 years not working, like you were working, but not, but it wasn't working right, in that sense right. that I mean, like, I was networking and I was getting putting deals together and stuff like that. But this is the first time that I've done it for myself mm-hmm. and for my business and where it's really succeeded. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've had four or five other businesses that, you know, honestly, I wasn't that passionate about and it wasn't the right skill set. And then there was also this aspect of like people didn't really want it in the market. So I, you know, it was like also adjusting and, and we're always adjusting, mm-hmm. you know, a, like a really basic example is like we had a client come in and say, I don't want to do a moss wall. I want to do a wall with moss and succulents. And I'm like, well, we don't do that. And she's like, well, now you do. Mm-hmm. So, and then that turned into like a big product for us. Mm-hmm. So having the consciousness to be like, okay, you know, all right. So this is what the market wants. I'm like going to be flowy and loose to a certain extent to be open to like, there's, there's a new possibility out there for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's part of it is that like, when you're in business, you can't be too in love with your own ideas. Mm-hmm. You have to be, you you have to kind of get the ego out of it because as soon as you leave the ego in it, eventually it'll destroy <laughs> what, you know, e- even if initially it doesn't, eventually it'll destroy it because you're not listening to what the market wants. Now, on the flip side of that, sometimes you have to rein it in and be like, I'm not going to do this because this isn't what we do. Totally outside of scope. Totally. Uh, totally outside. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. And every time we, we have a project, we did a really cool project for a um, big company and they wanted to, it, we call it, the, it was like every time there's a project where there's a lot of problems, we always call it the stump project. Mm-hmm. So we're like, oh, this will take like, you know, a half an hour, no big deal. We had to decorate like the stump that someone had bought. Well, the problem is, is that they sent us a stump and the top half of the stump had bark and the bottom half of the stump stump did not have bark. So then we had to go find bark, glue bark back on the tree. Like (laughs) this thing, which was supposed to literally take like 20 minutes, turned into (laughs) three days later. 
And it was really cool the way it turned out, but it was not, it was outside the scope of what we do. So I think there's like a little bit of like, you know, you got to know what you're good at. You got to know what you're focusing on. You got to listen to what the market wants. And then you've got to be aware when, you know, you're pushing up. You've got to like sort of play this dance between I'm pushing up against my boundaries and I'm also, or this is something that like, I'm really just going to lose money at and it's way It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, period. We're good. I'm not doing bark again. I'm not doing bark stumps. (laughs) I like, it's like, yeah. But then what I hear you saying is the flexibility to know, like if I'm too rigid and I'm missing opportunities because I'm like, it's got to look like this, Mm -hmm. you know, that that's shutting a different door. Exactly. Exactly. Being aware of the difference. Right. And then, you know, and, and, so there's there's people who like live in the world of like focus. You only do one thing. You only it's like and you, it's repeatable and it's easy and da, da 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 da. And then there's other people who are like, well, you should just try everything and whatever. And I think that there's kind of a happy medium between mm-hmm. those two. Like, you know, we started to get calls for exterior. We do mostly interior moss walls mm-hmm. and people started calling us for exterior work because they think okay, green plans, terraces, and that kind of thing. And honestly, like it's too complicated for us to retool our whole team to do this Mm -hmm. and doesn't really work. Like, and it's not the work we really want to be doing. Mm -hmm. And so like, I've had to sort of put limits around that, Mm -hmm. but then if something really cool came up, I'd probably still do it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why we keep growing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) What gets you going like in this, in this business, in the world? Like what is your why? So my why is a few things. Um, My why is there is nothing more fun than making something beautiful for someone else. Mm -hmm. And knowing that they, like, you know, there's, it's nothing more fun than having someone call you and say, you know, from like, we do a lot of work in California and Texas for Mm -hmm. people we never get to meet. Mm -hmm. And so they have to trust that we're going to do a great job for Mm -hmm. them. Um, mostly, you know, people that are sight unseen. So like, we really focus on like how much beauty can we put out there Mm -hmm. and how beautiful can we make this work and how harmonious can we be in the office so that that energy of Mm -hmm. harmony goes into the work so that when people, they look at it, they feel really good. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, my why is really like wanting that as a real thing for people, like really wanting them to feel like, wow, I invested in a company that, um, and invested in myself. It, so, and, and then I got this beautiful thing and every time I look at it, it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really important why. Um, I also love growth mm-hmm. and I think it's super fun when what you're doing is actually working. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I spent a long time in a lot of businesses that did not work, mm-hmm. um, or were just already established businesses and I was just helping grow them or things like that. But it's different when it's yours, you know, it's like, it's your, it's like your child versus somebody else's child. Yeah. I'm um, happy. They're growing. Exactly. That's great. Congratulations. Awesome. <laughs> um, but I think that there's a period of probably about 10 to 15 years that you need to help raise somebody else's child before you start raising your own child, because it's a lot cheaper to learn from somebody. And I tell my team this all the time. I'm like, guys, I want you to learn this from me mm-hmm. so that you don't go out there and screw this up because <laughs> it's very expensive. I mean, all the infrastructure that is required to do business insurance and all the filing and all the boring 
back end end stuff. Um, You know, and then also just like, you know, and that's also a time when I'm lucky that my past employers paid for me to go network and build my network. And I mean, it's on me to keep up with that network. Right. But they were the ones who were like, yeah, go to this event. And of course I was representing their companies and whatever, Mm. but I was able to really invest and find, meet my community and do all that stuff. And other people were paying for it. Now I get to pay for it. It's a very different. (laughs) Wow. They were really nice. They were really nice, you know, not to say that like, of course I brought in a lot of business and that was the whole point. Um, and I also think too, you know, it's just, um, yeah, that's the, I'm not going to go down another route. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, those are powerful whys. And like, even the beauty, like you mentioned beauty and like making things beautiful, but that piece of it, um, inter- and growth, like these are like personal values that you're expressing in business. Like, let's take beauty. Cause I don't know if that's something that like everyone's like, I feel this way, at least. I love beauty and aesthetics. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's really important, but maybe not everyone can feel that feeling towards aesthetics and beauty. Did you know that was a personal value you wanted to express in business or was that something like now you, it's like obvious, but did you always know that was so important to you? No, no. I, I think, you know, I've always had an artistic eye. Mm-hmm. It's, so I joke that, you know, I know what I want. I just can't physically make it with my own hands. <laughs> It's got to look like this inside my brain. So I can see the, like, what, I can see the final result. Like, I can see what I want, but I can't, and I can also interpret, like, we do a lot of logos. I can interpret logos and lettering and all this stuff into my material. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had many years of, like, you know, creating brands and doing logos and and those kinds of in marketing materials and all that kind of stuff. So I'm very familiar with like sort of design and those kinds of things. And like, we just tweak it like this and it goes from, you know, kind of okay to amazing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times those tweaks aren't a lot, which Mm -hmm. is what's really interesting about it. So I've had always had an aesthetic eye Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm lucky to have a group of people that is able to take my aesthetic eye and then put it and make it happen Mm -hmm. and express it for you and express it for me Mm -hmm. in that way. Um, And so it's a really mutually beneficial experience in the sense that like, you know, sometimes, you know, if you can't do something, you've got to find the people who can. Right. Right. And then you've got to attract them and you've got to keep them and they've got to like want to grow with you and they've got to want to do this. And, and uh, it's a really interesting learning experience um, because, like, I, you know, and I think I've, I've said this to you previously, like, not everybody gets to stay, mm-hmm. you know? Like, some people come in for a period and they're with you. And this is another thing that's been very interesting in the evolution of my business um, and in the evolution of my life is that, you know, who I started with is not who's with me now. Mm-hmm. And as you change into different phases of yourself, who gets to stay on the journey changes. Mm-hmm because of who you are becoming in these new roles and what's being demanded of you. Mm-hmm. And as a conscious person, of course, I want everyone to be around me all the time <laughs> and I want to love everyone and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes it's like you come up against like the limit of what someone someone's bandwidth, mm-hmm. right? And then you have to decide, okay, is, is the relationship more important or is it better that we just part ways and st- go on to the next thing? Mm-hmm. Because somebody else is going to show up that's going to help do, you know, make this vision a reality, or, you know, basically. Yes, yeah, so. it's, 
You said something about energy earlier. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure a few things, but it's reminding me of the energy comment where it's like, how much energy can you invest in something that's not even like on that same trajectory Mm -hmm. anymore? Right. And and like, that's an ongoing process that's Mm -hmm. pretty uncomfortable. Absolutely. And that's okay. I think the trouble is when you like get grippy to that. Of course. And that like, I was thinking that's attachment, right? (laughs) Like, right. That's suffering then. Like, (laughs) okay. But when you're in it, it's not as easy to identify that. And, um, or it's easy to even easy to identify, but it's not that easy to do. Right. And that's always a struggle. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about energy, like you don't want to create bottlenecks for energy, Mm -hmm. you know? And when you start feeling like there's a lot of resistance to something and it's not flowing, then usually that means that there's something off. The environment's off. The people you have around you are off. Something in your surrounding you is not letting that flow. And when it flows and it's going, it's like the most amazing thing to watch. Um, and I, and I think about that, you know, whether it's in my business, whether it's in my life. And, and usually, you know, there's one part of your life that's going really, really well. And you're like crushing it in that part. And then there's other parts of your life where you're like, this needs a little bit more attention. <laughs> like that to flow a little more. Can we get a flow thing? Can, can, can we get it to flow? And, you know, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, sort of like, I think it's interesting. Like my husband and I both started companies at, well, we, between the two of us, we have three businesses mm-hmm. and, you know, it's been really challenging because as much as like the success of my business and then his two businesses has been really amazing. It's really also very hard interpersonally because by the end of the day, we both come home and it's like, if I just talk to one more person, <laughs> you're not making the cut today. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm at capacity. <laughs> at capacity. And I, and I, I think that that's just sort of like the, the challenge, mm-hmm. like the continuous challenge of living in America at this time in like a high growth economy and um, with a lot of demand and a lot of um, trying to, you know, trying to figure this out and organize and, and get it going and whatever that it's never going to be perfect, but it's a constant evolution. And you've got to like, just be patient while things are working themselves out. Yeah. Like the natural reshifting I, you know, it's like a rejiggering, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm picturing like a little maze with a bunch of sand and it's like, no, we're going this way now, <laughs> we're going this way. And, you know, you said alignment earlier uh-huh. and I think so much of it like comes back to that point and it's like checking the internal alignment and then naturally the external alignment like rejiggers. Right. Like the sand maze. Right, exactly. Or, you know, you can also think about it like an airplane, right? Like, so you're going, you know, at first you're like going a thousand miles an hour to like get off and there's so much energy to like get it from just on the ground into the air. And that's like the most amount of energy. And then you get to like, you know, 10,000 feet and they take the seatbelt thing off and you're kind of going. And then you go up to like whatever, like 20,000 feet. And in each one of those places, there's like different laws of nature. There's different requirements at one point you can't go to the bathroom the other point you can't go to the bathroom like <laughs> no computers no computers you get a snack you, you don't, don't get a snack <laughs> beverages are served you're in the line you're blocking me from the bathroom still don't always get how it works <laughs> but I think and then and then there's like the descent right but I, I don't think that life is very much different than that because each area of your time you know each aspect of your life each phase of your life 
Um, and, and the reason that we're here and the reason that we're doing this is to learn and express, mm -hmm. right? And to continuously be like, okay, so I am this spiritual being having a human experience. I got this cool meat jacket. I love that because Liz Gilbert used that. She's like, and this is my meat jacket. And I get to use this thing to move this machine mm -hmm. to move me around. And, um, I get to look and experience and whatever this reality that we're in. Mm -hmm. And it's super cool. Um, and every time I forget that and I get too lost in kind of like the minutia of the day-to-day, -day, mm -hmm. then I don't realize, like, what a cool thing this is. Because eventually we all just go back into, like, the infinite, mm -hmm. right? The bliss, the sort of thing. But for whatever reason, my soul decided that it wanted to come down and get in this body with these, this family and do all of these things. So here we are. Like, Let's the perfect time, the perfect place. Mm -hmm. Like, the uh, I was on a call this week, and the woman I was talking to is like, you know, Michael Singer. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. And so not going down a whole sidetrack, but she, I, it reminds me of Michael Singer when he talks about like, hey, you know, you're on planet Earth and like gravity's working. Right. Right. And like everything outside of that, we kind of made up. Right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like, Whoa, okay. And for, I think some people that thought could be really overwhelming. It is overwhelming. For me, it feels like, oh yeah, like, it's all good. You know, gravity's working. The rest is made up. Like, let's make this awesome. Right. And so, and like, that feels less overwhelming because then it's like the measure of the success is the joy in a day. And like, I can check in on that. And if it's feeling like that unjoyous, mm -hmm. change some things. Yeah. And like, to me, that's alignment in its simplest form is like, as much joy as possible. Mm -hmm. That's the flow. It's how I interpret flow. Um, but it, I was having one of those days that was like a shit storm. And then I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, like gravity's working. I'm here. Everything's made up. I'm not having much fun at all. Let's relook at everything. Okay, what can I shift around? And it was like immediately all those kinks in the line hose like open up and you know, offload this, relax about this, whatever this. And, um, you know, I think just by the nature of being alive and like being growth oriented, we are always moving forward. You said a plane, I'm going to say a train. So stick with me on this <laughs> okay. one. Okay. So the tracks, like we're going forward, but you can move backward on a car. Oh yeah. But you're always going forward, you know, and mm -hmm. maybe the backwards on the car is the lesson. Right. Which feels like you're going backwards, but you're really going forwards. Mm -hmm. And like that lesson backwards, maybe you got your like ticket checked and then you showed it and now you're in first class mm -hmm. and you're just like flowing the front. Right. And took it to the next level. <laughs> where you're going, it's yeah. all, where it's clear. It's going just forward. And, you know, I think in all that, just the like that to me is like that when it gets to trust. Mm -hmm. Well, and uh, one of the things that this group, this business group that I'm in, they talk about progress over perfection mm -hmm. too, which I think that, you know, again, getting bombarded constantly with like these perfect images. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even with our work, you know, it's, you know, there's, there's, the way people think that like, oh, well, you just glue some moss to some boards or whatever. And then it, you know, magically looks like that. There's actually a lot of kind of really intricate details that take it from like, it looks like it, you could do it from yourself at the craft store mm -hmm. to we're making like this beautiful piece of art and there's consciousness in that art mm -hmm. that you get to 
you're lucky to get to have in your home. Mm-hmm. And refining that and refining that and refining that. Where was I going with this? Oh, it was just, you know, but, and there's going to be times where you're like, we're, we're running and we're, we're 10 steps forward. And then you have to, you kind of get smacked mm-hmm. almost. And then it's like, those are the moments where it's like progress over perfection. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to just be like, you know what? We're going to roll with this punch. And it is what it is. Like we had a project recently where somehow we ended up cutting the boards just a little bit too short. Mm-hmm. And um, I took it as an opportunity. And at first I was really upset. And then I took it as an opportunity to go like actually fly to, we had a project in Texas. It was a big project. So I was like, you know, what? I'm going to fly to Texas and see this project, see kind of, they, they had kind of botched the installation. So I was like, okay, I can go fix the installation, install this little tiny piece. It was literally like an inch off. Wow. But it is what it is. Yeah. So I take this, I'm like a crazy person walking through, you know, uh, floor, uh, Fort Lauderdale Airport with my giant stick of moss, but like, whatever. And <laughs> like, hey, everyone, moss boss here. <laughs> right. I just got this giant stick of moss. It's fine. Um, but then it was like, it was great because then I got to learn, you know, how do we communicate better so that contractors can do this better and won't have issues? And I really learned a lot from that experience. And so I think it's kind of like you always have to be looking at it like, okay, what am I learning from this? What am I experiencing from this? How do I alleviate this in the future? But not also bringing um, an energy of paranoia mm-hmm. or fear into this. Like, oh, I don't you do that again. Right. Because you know what? Stuff's going to happen. Right. You're dealing with humans and you are a human. Right. And, you know, people get sick and people show up and then they don't show up and, you know, stuff happens. Right. And, and it is just sort of like, this is what it is in an imperfect reality. When you want to be in the perfect reality, you get to go back to the ether and where there's no sort of struggle and challenge and, and any, or differentiation. Mm -hmm. And we get to learn and see and be and do all sorts of cool stuff because we have this awesome machine that we're integrated with that, you know, carries us through life. And it's really fun sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to give a percentage. Very silly. 80-20. 80-20 is what we're going for. I think the contrast in that, like, from what you're saying, like, versus ether like as humans we're contrast Mm -hmm. from ether right like that's how we can experience ourselves and that's cool yeah you get to in and you know depending on your practice you can also experience the ether Mm -hmm. and and then you bring the knowledge from the ether into form Mm -hmm. you know and anyone who is you know an artist or you know I I I spend a lot of time like with creatives Mm -hmm. artists architects you know designers that's the world that I live in and these people somehow are able to come up with these like amazing ideas that nobody's ever done before. Like that comes from somewhere. Right. That's not just like you just were born. Like there's an there's a consciousness mm-hmm. that created that. And as you get more consciousness, then you get more of that. And anytime, like whenever I go to different countries, I see the contrast in consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that's where it becomes very interesting. So like you know, you and I both love Bali. We love Bali. Bali is so amazing. I just feel it, taste it right now. <laughs> um, and Bali is a really an interesting sort of contrast of consciousness. There's a sweet vibe there. Like, because people are praying all day 
long. But there's also a flip side of that, which is like not a lot's getting done in Bali. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I when I got back from Bali, I looked around and I'm like, all right, we got a lot of things right and a lot of things wrong. Like that was my feeling. (laughs) And I'm like, we overdid it on cement. I'm like, why do we do so many buildings? Like, why don't we leave more room for nature? But it was it, it was like the start of this thought that like huh, this is a pretty deep thought. Okay, go for it. I love it. But tea it up. But it's like, you know, we're born here, we're carrying on like consciousness or evolution or the idea of evolving like in this space and form, however far we get in our lifetime. Like there's people being born everywhere. I don't know how many people are born every day, but a lot. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe not millions, but a lot. A lot. Yeah. Probably hundreds of thousands. Yeah. So hundreds and thousands of people being born and like in very low and high density places. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in a low density space born today, and I mean very low, like a village of 10 people, and then I'm starting my lifeline, I'm starting... In 2020, a village of 10 people, like, evolving my consciousness to wherever that gets. Let's say, like, by the time I die, like, that village had 100,000 people. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the person's born there and it's 100,000. Like, we've all gone through that over time. And, like, here we are in West Palm. And, like, here's the product of that experience here Mm -hmm. and from other places that got to here. And Bali, for me, felt like... Yeah, like, see, this is the same process that you went through and all your ancestors, like, in America and a very different product of that, right? right? And, like, that thought just feels so cool to me because it's, like, just this tiny, tiny little nucleus that came into whatever it came into and that's happening every day. Like, the idea of multiverse in our planet got very rich with Mm -hmm. that thought. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and it was like, before I thought of multiverse of being like different planets and just way bigger, and I think it probably is also that, but like, and also happening here 8 billion times every day. Yeah, of course. However many humans are on planet Earth. You even see in our own country. Mm -hmm. Like, people have, live in the same country and they have a completely different experience. People live in the same city and they have a completely Mm -hmm. different experience because it depends on like, where you're going, what you're eating, Mm -hmm. who you're around, who your friends are with, like, you know, and then, and what your job is and all these things impact your, your feelings about where you live. And I mean, I can't tell you, I love living here. This Mm -hmm. is like the perfect environment for me. It's hot. It's gorgeous. It's tropical. Every time I go to other places, I'm like, why would you want to live in like New York? It's so stressful, Mm -hmm. you know, or where's the palm trees or it's cold here or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I know there's people who look at me and they're like, you're a crazy person. Like, why would you want to live in Florida? It's hot in the summer and da da da. Like, you know, whatever. Right. They just, you know, or the people aren't as serious in Florida. That's a, that's the flip side of it. Right. So, you know, when you live in New York or Boston or any of these places, like, it's cold and it's dark. So what do you do? You work. Mm-hmm. And it costs a million dollars to live there. So you work really hard. Right. So like- <laughs> I went to book a flight to San Francisco and a hotel. And it was like the starting at like, quote unquote, normal hotels was $7.50 a night. Uh-huh. And I was like, wow, this is like a lot different than places where a nice place could be $200. Right. And it's just like a whole different standard of living than other places, just like we know is the way the world works, right? right? But it was such a, like, contrast to what I had been around 
Like New York, you can get in cheaper than seven fifty for exactly. a random Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday night, like a Wednesday night, really? And I'm like, all right. You need some friends in San Francisco. Yeah, there's no way to survive there otherwise. It's yeah. crazy. My friends, like, yeah, all my friends that live there have twelve people in a one in a, in a house. And I'm just like, yeah. I mean, we're we're adults. Like, right. like yeah, shared living. Like that's where I was born. I guess so. Because they had to do it, right? Yeah, but I, making it work. And I know we kind of got on. A tangent from Bali, but uh, yeah, there's just something about like I think it comes back to the word creation, mm-hmm. and that that to me ties into like creating the realities we're living in, and maybe like West Palm feels so perfect because it's like the creation of what would be per, quote unquote perfect mm-hmm. for your environment, and like and here we are, and right. But that the other thought around like all the people, all the things happening, like who you meet in your life. That's like the miracle of everything that I feel like, like I experience every day. It's like, there's literally infinite possibilities. For sure. And like, and to like, so for me, just getting married, like I think about it in the context of our relationship. I'm like, all the things that needed to happen for us to like land at, like saying I do, mm-hmm. you know, like there's, just the way life works, every reason why that, like, doesn't happen, and then it does. Right. Right? And just, like, trusting in the path of life to unfold perfectly. When I say perfect, I don't mean, like, perfectionism. I just mean perfect, like, in the innate, like, beingness. Right. Well, and there's also, um, I think it's, like, you hear this story a lot with people and their children. Like, you know, I have a lot of friends who have struggled with, you know, infertility or, like, not having babies for a long time. And, like, I had one friend, she had, I don't know, a bunch of miscarriages and it was really sad. And then she was on her way to an IVF apart- appointment and they, she was like, I'm not feeling well. And they, like, went to the the drugstore and, like, literally found out she was pregnant and the baby was born, like, six months later. And she was over 40 when this happened. Mm-hmm. And they have been trying for years. And it's like, I mean, think about the randomness of that kind of thing. But I also think that that's also trust. That's also, um, you know, if you think about, especially as people become more conscious, then the allowing of mm-hmm. that to happen, you know, because I think that especially women who are older um, getting pregnant in an, in an old, you know, who are older, there's also an allowing. Mm-hmm. Like you have to, you have to be like, I also want this. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that like when ch- you know you hear about teenage pregnancies, it's like they just didn't block it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they just didn't say no. The allowing was. Well, it reminds mm-hmm. me like when you're saying you know the college of your dreams, and then you're like, wait, this is it. Mm-hmm. It's like bringing some awareness and intention into what you're calling in. Like right. now, if you went to college again, it would look a lot different. Right? Oh, for if you went sure. To design school or architect or whatever. Like business school, I would have gone. Oh, sorry, mom, I would have gone to business school. Hundred <laughs> percent business school. Right, but it's like, like I think the more aware and conscious you are, the more you have the ability to bring that intention into whatever you are calling in to manifest mm-hmm. or take that action towards. And it's not so haphazard. It's not so many of like the lessons learned. You've like already learned a lot of the lessons, mm-hmm. and they like, will still always be there. But it's the form takes different. It takes different form. Well, you're also able to anticipate the the lesson better. Mm-hmm. Um, when, you know, the best lesson that I ever got was 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in Chicago. I was working in commercial real estate. I wasn't really happy in Chicago. I actually kind of hated it. It was mm-hmm. not a good environment for me. 
And I just didn't, the men were not the right fit for me and all this kind of stuff. And when the economy tanked, I was doing commercial real estate. I, had, I literally a half a million dollars worth of commissions evaporate in like a five month period. Wow. And in real estate, how it is, is you make, you live your life on credit cards. They don't tell you any of this folks. Um, <laughs> Entrepreneurship yeah. 101. You live your life on credit cards and then you get a big chunk of money and you pay the credit cards off and you pay some taxes and then you might have like $5 left over. <laughs> you do and, it again. And then you do it again until there's more money than there are credit cards and taxes. And that is the reality for like four to five years most of the time for commercial real estate people. My timing was terrible. So I started in 2004, which was like the beginning of the end. So it was like we, I think in Chicago, we peaked in like 2005, 2006, and then it crashed by 2009. And I think, you know, and then I moved to the only place where the economy was worse, which was Florida. Hello <laughs> <laughs> <love> there. <laughs> and, uh, but it was such a great learning experience because it stripped me completely of, well, first of all, I didn't die. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was a lot, I had a huge amount of debt. I didn't die from that. Ladies and gentlemen, she lived to tell the story. <laughs> you will get through it eventually, basically. It takes a long fucking time. Uh-huh. Excuse my French. Um, but I remember thinking, like, this is my opportunity also to not be invested in this reality anymore. This is not the right place for me to be. And I'm going to go do... It freed me from that place. Mm-hmm. Because when I lost everything, I didn't have a boyfriend. I didn't have money. I didn't have and like I had nothing. I mean, I had an apartment, but like whatever. I was ready to go. It was like, and then I moved here and you know, that I met my husband and all, like my life turned into and started looking like the way that I wanted it to start looking. And sometimes you have to destroy everything. It's not, I wouldn't recommend this. Hey folks, I wouldn't recommend this. <laughs> Just do what you want to do as opposed to like doing like, the opposite, <laughs> hating it all, swaying the other way, being really fucking hard and then landing and then figuring it out. Right. Exactly. And it does, it takes so long to get. Um, and that was one of the things that, um, I remember someone saying to me, um, a long time ago, I, I met with this really successful developer in, um, Miami. And I asked him, I said, you know, well, what's your secret to like success? And I'm thinking he's going to be like, follow your dreams or whatever. He goes, Lindsay, I've just been doing it longer than you have. And I think that that's part of it. It's like the human experience is about, is about endurance. Mm-hmm. It's like a freaking marathon. And sometimes you're going to get smacked and sometimes you're going to fall down. And sometimes you're going to like have all these challenges. And then there's going to be other times where you get to be like, whoa, like I made this. This is so awesome. And there's going to be other times where you're like, God, I really made a big mess and I need to clean this up. (laughs) Like, this is not good. Mm -hmm. Um, And usually what ends up happening is that, you know, you fix one area and then another area suffers. Like, so for example, for me, in the last year, out of stress of building my business and sort of the success of that, I've gained 25 pounds. Mm -hmm. So now I'm working on losing that 25 pounds, plus a little bit more (laughs) that I found earlier than that. (laughs) (laughs) Tack that on. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and it it is, but it's like starting to focus back on myself again, Mm -hmm. because I think when you're in that takeoff phase, you kind of just have to do that. And there's going to be different times of life where it's like that way. When you're a new mom, that's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I see this with my friends all the time. I'm like, okay, so I'll see you in two years. Mm -hmm. And that's part of it. Like you just have to kind of like when the baby's born to like two, three years old, 
for it's like survival. It's survival. Yeah. It's, they don't sleep properly. When they see you, it's just about the baby. The friend that you had um, will change in a lot of ways. And it's not to say that you completely lose them, but there is part of their life that just has changed mm-hmm. and shifted and they're in that. And then it's really fun to watch them sort of come back and I'm like, oh, I missed you. It was great, you know? You look a little different. <laughs> Welcome. You look a little different. I know, tired. so do I, but... <laughs> Um, and, and I think that there's, you know, there's some people that like I've been friends with and then, you know, we've stopped being friends because they're just in a different phase. And I think that's something that, you know, you and I had sort of talked about too. Like, you know, when you go into the phase of like, now you're married. Mm -hmm. So now what's going to happen to you is people are going to invite you and Brendan Mm -hmm. to things. And you're like, well, you just invited me before. I just liked going alone. Right. It's okay. You know, whatever. And I'm a very independent married person. And my husband is also a very independent married person. And, like, we really enjoy ourselves when we're together, for the most part. Um, (laughs) Sorry, honey. 80-20 rule. 80-20 Right. Um, But... Um, but he's good doing his thing and I'm good doing my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and different marriages have different dynamics, you know what I mean? But like, it, it's interesting when those shifts happen. And I'm sure like once, you know, like for example, people, like when I go to children's birthday parties now, like I'm the funny one who doesn't have a child and there's a different dynamic and I can't relate to people because I don't, I'm not in that human experience. Right. I respect it. I love it. I mean, I love my friend's kids. But at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, I did this. It's <laughs> so interesting. I had a conversation with a girlfriend recently about, like, being a female entrepreneur, female in business, and, like, the difference between being in business or an entrepreneur with children or without. And, like, mm-hmm. almost like the, it's the way, what I want to say is, like, the judgment woman to woman around what the experience is like for the other or the opportunity to have, like, empathy around that experience. And, like, my friend, she has two children, and she's, like, a freaking hustler. Very professional, like, works in finance. And she's, like, yeah, like, it doesn't need to be looked at as separate. Like, it's women, like, going on their journey and their path. And, like, some are doing motherhood and some aren't. And, like, that mutual respect for the responsibilities that either have and them looking different. Mm-hmm. And I, like, love that. Mm-hmm. Because I sometimes would feel, like, almost uncomfortable, like, well, you know, and you're a mom, so it must be even harder. And it's like, yeah, time looks different, but, like, you fill your freaking schedule a lot, <laughs> too, right. you know? Like, right. and it just looks different. And then that being, I think, specifically to women, where it's, like, that respect and, like, not it being around the separation, but around just the understanding of of the work, right? And I don't know if there was a real point there, but something you said, I guess, around birthday parties mm-hmm. reminded me of that and how it can feel almost like judgment. Like, I've felt, found myself feeling insecure of, like, well, I don't have kids, so, like, I'm not working hard enough. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't have that at all. Yeah, like, um, because, like, I see other women with kids, and and I'm doing what they're doing, but it must be even harder because they have kids. And like, It is harder because they have kids. Right, and, like, am I working, <laughs> am I working hard enough? Or I'm not working hard enough because I don't have kids, but or am I working hard enough? But it's like we talked earlier. It's like those are the same questions that— I've probably been faced with my whole life around maybe perfectionism that just (laughs) sound a little different than like, did I do my best time in a swimming pool? Like, you know, but it's like the same patterns. And uh, it's interesting because I feel that 
you know, I don't, do you feel that in motherhood, non-motherhood, female or female professionals or entrepreneurs, like judgment? Um, I I think that what I see is that there's a couple year period where women, there's just a more limited bandwidth. Mm -hmm. It's just when the babies are in those like first three to five years, Mm -hmm. there's a lot, it, it, they have, because there's such an intensive need for the mother, because one, you have boobs mm-hmm. and you're feeding your child even, and there's just, the children come to you, even if period. you're a period, they yeah. just come to you. And, um, a friend of mine who is a very successful woman entrepreneur, who, by the way, worked, mm-hmm. took almost a year and a half off mm-hmm. and then started her business and now is crushing it. Mm-hmm. Um, she, you know, and she kind of started her business because she needed that flexibility. Because mm-hmm. when she was working, they were like, can you work 80 hours a week? And you have two small children and, you know, all this stuff. It was like totally insane. And mm-hmm. she was like, no, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> so she actually started it because she needed that flexibility. And now she's dealing with the flip side of that, which is when you start having a successful thing, that it becomes, it has its own life form. Right. Right. So it's the two kids and the life form of the business. Right. Exactly. And so she works at 11 o'clock at night mm-hmm. and she works at six o'clock in the morning and she works, you know, she fits it in. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm seeing from her though, is that she is doing a great, I mean, I'm so proud of her because I know how hard it is and I can't fathom having any more things to do. And then to have to come home and like, bathe a child and, and talk to them and make sure that they're like thriving in school and all that stuff. I can't imagine doing all of that, but it makes her and forces her into being a lot more effective and efficient with her time. Mm-hmm. My friend Alexa, who has four children, she said, Lindsay, I used to spend the entire day like going to the store and like picking out the perfect hangers. <laughs> and now she goes, I go on Amazon for one minute. I find some hangers. It's fine. Right. Good enough is good enough. Good enough is good enough. Good enough is great. (laughs) We got some hangers. Hangers check. And I think that's, I think that that's really what happens is that, you know, and if you think about like times in your business when things get really busy Mm -hmm. and you just have to be on, you have to be so diligent. I think that the difference is, is that moms have to be diligent all the time. Mm -hmm. It's, there's no like, okay, I've got an hour to like shoot the shit. Right. You know. We have an hour right. to shoot the shit. If <laughs> Thanks for taking the hour. Right. Yeah. Like, we're shooting the shit right now, and yeah. it's super fun, yeah. and, you know, whatever. But, you know, a mom would be like, okay, i got to schedule you in at this time, and I only have this available. And I, and I think about my day, like, a little bit more fluidly than mm. that because I have that flexibility. Right. Um, and you get to be a little bit more selfish, and you get to be a little bit more like, well, no, this is what I want to do. Mm. You know, that kind of thing. I think that there's also a heart value that being a mother gives you that you cannot experience any other way until you're a mother until you're a mother and I've watched some of my girlfriends even though they have been really successful in their careers it's been a really beautiful evolution to watch them on that heart level Mm -hmm. and that's something that no one ever talks about is like you know you know they talk about how tired you are they talk about how hard it is they talk about all that kind of stuff but I'm like And I know people say like, oh, this baby's the love of my life, but it's not that. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's, there's like a thing that you created in your body Mm -hmm. that you grew (laughs) and then came out and has this like funny personality. And yeah, there's going to be times where they're like little assholes and there's going to be times when you're tired and this and that. But this is also, you know, like a choice that you got to make. And this is something, and and it's a choice how you react to parenting. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's um, 
something that we're not parenting mm-hmm. also. You know, like I am very aware that, you know, we're choosing not to parent right now. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to decide soon mm-hmm. if I want to parent because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> well, and when you even said that, it was like choosing not to parent, consciously choosing not to parent, mm-hmm. also unconsciously parenting. Like that was another mm-hmm. thought that came in and just like the whole spectrum, right? Like you see that too. Right. Oh yeah. And you see a lot of unconscious parenting. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of, and, and, and I think that the way that our, our country is set up, mm-hmm. there's, and also like the easy, how easy it is to like shove a device in a child's face, mm-hmm. which honestly I shove devices in my own face <laughs> at night a lot of times because I'm worn out. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a bigger conversation around, um, like, the way our society is structured mm-hmm. and, you know, us having to do everything by ourselves or paying. You know, there's not a lot of people who have, like, support from grandparents the way that they used to. Mm-hmm. There isn't the same. Like, there's a lot of infrastructure that you have to pay for that you didn't have to pay for even, like, 20, 30 years Thinking ago. of, like, the economy of parenting. The economy of parenting. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I love that. Um, and, you know, like, whether it's the nanny or the therapies or the food, you know, like, making different food choices. Like, I mean, how much Capri Sun did you put down in the 80s? <laughs> Capri Sun, Pop-Tarts. <laughs> and you know what? Some Dunkaroos. <laughs> those, like, Ho-Hos, like, all that shit. We ate all those things. And somehow our body survived. Whereas now it's like, everything's got to be organic. I do think the quality of the food shifted from the 80s. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. On some level, which is a other conversation. Um, but but that's not the point. The yeah, point is not yeah, that. Yeah. The point is that, like, there is, the infrastructure is not in place for successful parenting, mm-hmm. I feel, in the United States for the most part. The most successful parents that I've seen around us usually have a grandparent very close by Mm -hmm. that they can rely on on a regular basis, even if they're paying them to help. Mm -hmm. Um, And even then, it's still really challenging because of the demands financially or because of the demands because someone wants to express themselves. Mm -hmm. And they can't just be like, go run outside. Mm -hmm. Like, that isn't a thing anymore. Right. Like, it's not even safe. It's not even safe. Whether that's actually true or not mm-hmm. is a is a whole nother conversation. But I I just think that the infrastructure around parenting is really a problem for successful parenting in the United States at this point, which is what makes me apprehensive about it because it's just another thing to make us tired as opposed to being something that is uplifting mm-hmm. and wonderful. There is a there, we were just talking a big conversation around parenting and how like when back in the day it was like you had the farm and the kids helped work the farm Mm -hmm. and like that's how your farm stayed in business and like you had to have more kids to have the farm be bigger to make more money to support the family and like that was the cycle of like bringing kids up Mm -hmm. and how different it is like you know if there's a kid in our house right now that doesn't make our house work right when like before that used to be what was happening Totally. It could actually make our house not work. Right. Having a kid in it. <laughs> no, just a thought. I don't know. Right. Like, you need to go. Somebody's got to milk the cow. Right. Now it's like, okay, no, the kid's going to sit on the couch while I milk the cow and do the 50,000 other things. Right. And then I got to pay for this thing for 30 years. And it's a million dollars to get it through, you know. And you start, you're like, hmm, I'm just not really sure about this. You know, that kind of thing. And obviously... You know, there's still people, there's still, you know, population growth and all that kind of stuff. But but I see it as 
you know, it's a different, it's a different experience, experience of being a human. Of being a human. And, and I think coming back to landing this part of the conversation. Because we went way, <laughs> we went way out. Sorry, guys. As one element of integrating consciousness in the modern world. Right. Which I think we went way out, but it's so relevant. But it's like wherever you are um, f- cultivating awareness in your modern world, right? Mm-hmm. And so whether that's your dog that's now sleeping, that was just eating too many bones loudly, <laughs> now just dead asleep, or uh, your beautiful family that you're continuing to create, or the business or businesses that are thriving. It's like the amount of presence and uh, consciousness and like maximizing that opportunity into your life, whatever shade that looks like at that time. Mm-hmm. That's right. how I would land it. Right. Yeah, I like that. And I also like that, like, you know, there's going to be parts of your life that are going to be more successful than others, just depending on where you are. Mm-hmm. And and then you would just have to be okay with that. And, like, and that, like, then when it's a challenge or resistance opportunity, like, bringing that awareness then to that area mm-hmm. and, like, changing it. And fixing right? it. Right? Realigning it. Like, whatever that means. And, like, that's the ongoing process. Like, all these life areas out of alignment, in alignment, thriving, sucking, like all the things. And just like, bing bong, bing bong, bing bong. Like, sincerely, your life. Right, exactly, exactly. And it's it's not going to be perfect. And that's, and being okay with that. Yeah. And so we are here with gravity. With gravity. Laughing. Laughing and having fun and just getting to like be with our friends. It's so awesome. Um, and you know, these aren't like conversations I get to have all the time. So it's super fun. Yeah, it is super fun. I hope you're finding it super fun, our listeners today. And Lindsay, any final closing thoughts you want to land with? Um, I just think like, just be gentle with yourself. I think that's like probably the close, the the thing that I would say is like when things don't look and feel the way that there's, you think they're supposed to look and feel, Mm -hmm. just be gentle. And also like gratitude. Um, like one of the things that I always, whenever I start getting a little frantic or a little nervous or a little worried or overwhelmed, I always go back to like this sort of gratitude thing. Like I was in the studio before I came here and I'm grateful because someone trusted me to make this beautiful wall for them. Mm -hmm. It's a huge project and it's a little bit painful to have to work on a Saturday, but like, that's what I chose. Mm -hmm. And I think gratitude for life's choices, gratitude for life's challenges. If you look at everything as a challenge, as opposed to like, ah, like a terrible thing, Mm -hmm. then it shifts like how that really feels for you. And then you can get through it faster and then you can just enjoy. Um, One of the, one of, I was reading an article about people at the end of their life. This is the New York Times. And this guy was an artist. And he said, don't spend too much time worrying. He said, when problems arise, fix them as fast as you possibly can and move on. Mm-hmm. And I love that because I do spend a lot of time in worry. Mm-hmm. That's like, I think genetically. Mm-hmm. Thanks, mom. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. mom. Thanks, dad. Yeah. Um, and, and that's been a conscious thing that I've been trying to like sort of get away from is like, how do I just enjoy this experience and how do I make it better? And there's going to be years of suck and there's going to be years of great. And you got to be okay with the years of suck and you got to be okay with the years of great because that's all you evolving and growing your consciousness mm-hmm. because it shows you different parts of yourself when you're in the years of suck. Mm-hmm. I did not want to have the 10 years of being poor and uncomfortable and stressed out, but then it makes me grateful and understanding of like, 
what a gift it is to have to be on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. And through it all, I still had fun. I still got to meet amazing people. I still got to do cool stuff. And it's just, you know, how you keep going and how you keep approaching and, and how you keep moving through. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Namaste. Yeah, namaste. <laughs> uh, thank you, listeners, so much. Uh, this concludes another episode of the Lila Life Show. And if you want to check out Green Wallscapes or anything about Lindsay, check the show notes. And until our next episode, sending lots of love and signing off. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Head on over to Instagram at lilolife.co. Give me a like or a follow. And lilolife.co as the website. Check out the free resources. Password is Lila and things there that will change your life if you let them. Have a powerful week and see you next week. <laughs>